You know what's worse than a zombie horde? A superpowered genius zombie horde. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Marvel Zombies. Let's get into this thing. You bet your Welcome to another episode of Geekology 101 and to the latest installment of our series, Brains, which is exploring all kinds of different content created within the zombie lore and the zombie genre. Today, we're going to talk about Marvel Zombies. So this is a, this is a great one because, of, of course, we have zombie comic books like The Walking Dead, for instance, uh, that have had great success. But this is the first time that zombies make it in this way into the continuity of a major comic book universe. So you might remember back in my review of the Ultimate Marvel Universe in the comics that I got into this, the beginning, the introduction of Marvel Zombies um, because they formed, they were introduced formally within the Ultimate Marvel Universe. And in case you're curious about that entire review of the Marvel Universe, I did that back in episode 31. So you can check that out. If you have already listened to that episode, you're going to see me repeat some of those aspects, some of those, some of the storyline, because again, that is the beginning of the whole thing. But then it grows from there into an ongoing series in the comics. Now, aside from some one-off, uh, single-character, zombie-like things. Uh, there's not a lot that has happened um, when it comes to crossing over superheroes and zombies. You know, you've got characters like Resurrection Man, um, Dead Man. Uh, you've got characters like Frankenstein, who has comics, actual comics. You've got... Um, you know, Marvel characters like Deathlock, who is brought back um, as a cybernetic type of thing, but he looks very like undead, very zombie-like, at least half of his face does. Um, you've got Spawn, of course, who is somebody who came back to life, came back from the dead, but he does look kind of zombie-ish when he doesn't have his mask on. But even then, you can't really count him as a zombie. Um, and then you got maybe the crow, if you want to count the crow as a zombie-like creature, even though he really doesn't, he just comes back through magic i suppose and he uh he's very much human-like you know uh he doesn't look undead necessarily so aside from those cases this was the first time that zombies crossed over into superhero continuity especially crossing over into it in true zombie fashion like the zombie horde this is the first time that we see that. And so just to recap where the story, how the story goes down, um, we've got the Fantastic Four. This happens in the pages of the Ultimate Fantastic Four. And so we see Reed Richards, Ultimate Reed Richards. And I say Ultimate because, again, he's from the Ultimate Marvel Comics universe, which is a separate imprint or was a separate imprint that was retelling all of the Marvel stories for a younger audience, for a fresher audience. So you've got Reed Richards 
who is spending a lot of time talking to somebody on the other side of some kind of interdimensional communications device. And it's revealed eventually that he's actually speaking to a version of himself from another dimension. So you start little by little kind of assuming that the Reed Richards that he's talking to is the Reed Richards from the main universe, from Earth 616, as it's known in the Marvel uh, comics. Uh, he looks like a more mature Reed Richards. He and Sue have already had children. Again, it all looks like he's speaking to that version of himself. You don't suspect much until they start talking about actually meeting. And so they start basically collaborating. Reed Richards, ultimate Reed Richards was with, with this other Reed Richards from another dimension on a way to cross over into each other's dimensions. And it's at this point that we're introduced to the reality of this other dimension that has been communicating with Reed and that it's a version of the Marvel Earth, Marvel Universe, where a zombie plague has broken out and basically almost all the humans on Earth have been devoured already, have been killed by the superheroes. Because think about it. In, in regular zombie movies, the dynamic that you have is that it's basic humans, regular humans who are being turned into zombies. And so those humans are, you know, pretty slow in the majority of narratives. They're pretty slow. But the masses are what manages to overwhelm the living. And the masses are what manage to give zombies the upper hand. If the humans can control the masses of zombies, then they can gain control. That happened in the pages of World War Z, for instance, where humans actually gained control. They, ra they rallied up the zombies and they found ways of controlling them so that they couldn't dominate the earth. It also happened within the world of Dead Rising, the video game, which I reviewed in one of the previous entries of uh, the Brain series, where the human race found a way to control and corral zombies, yet and also found a way, uh, a vaccine, basically, a medicine, Zombrex, to inject themselves with as, you know, still living people, so that if they did get bitten, they wouldn't turn. And yes, they had to keep on taking that medicine, but that medicine kept them human. It kept them from becoming zombies. So, so long as there's a way of corralling those zombies within normal world circumstances, the human race can preserve life. But within the Marvel universe, it became a totally different thing. And this is what's so unique about Marvel zombies, that the zombie virus didn't just spread to humans. It also spread to superpowered people. As a matter of fact, the origin of the zombie virus was this interdimensional traveler character who caught this virus, crash landed on Earth, and then the first people that he started biting, the first people that he started transmitting the virus to, were superheroes. Because, of course, they're the first line of defense. So if somebody crash lands from another dimension, you're going to get the Avengers. You're going to get somebody out there, a team out there, who's going to go and... Uh, and, and check out the situation to see what's going on, see if it's a threat. And so a superhero gets bitten, he bites another one, those two bite two more, etc., until it gets to a point 
where the superpowered people are the ones who are causing annihilation throughout the entire planet in this alternate version of the Marvel universe. And they basically ate up all of the humans. The insatiable hunger took them to eat up all the humans. All the hum regular humans were gone. And the only zombies that actually kept surviving were the superpowered ones. Because here's another unique aspect to the zombie creatures within the Marvel zombie um, world. When they become zombies, they retain not only their superhuman abilities. So if you're a character who could fly before you became a zombie, you will be able to fly as a zombie. If you're a character who had super strength as a as a before you became a zombie, you would have super strength as a zombie. They also retained their intelligence, or at least a significant degree of their intelligence. And that made these zombies a thousand times more deadly and more dangerous because they, these are zombies that can think. These are zombies that can reason. These are zombies that can strategize. Zombies that can communicate with each other. Zombies that can invent things. Zombies that have super strength, that can fly, that can jump, that can wall crawl, that can uh, shoot all kinds of powers. Like These are really the most dangerous possible version of zombies that honestly, that we've ever seen in any kind of zombie genre and any kind of zombie uh, material that's been written out there. So, and that's really the reason why this, I feel like the Marvel Zombies deserves its own episode within our brains series because there are no other zombies like them in any other movie, show, comic, book, game, anywhere. There are no other zombies like them. This is completely unique to this interpretation of zombies within the Marvel Universe. So, back to the story. What ends up happening is that um, Reed Richards uh, and the Fantastic Four, the ultimate Fantastic Four, end up deciding to cross over into this other dimension to go and meet what they assume are just an older, wiser, normal version of themselves from another Earth. And when they cross over, what they're met with is the surprise that they've been completely duped. And that the zombie versions of the Fantastic Four, which are called the Frightful Four, have lured them into their dimension and lured them into creating this cross-dimensional portal, this door, because they ran out of humans and, and people to eat in their dimension, and now they need to cross over to another Earth, presumably the ultimate universe, to start eating them. So again, this is the danger of smart zombies, right? Genius zombies. Genius is like Reed Richards, right? And so a battle ensues. And the Fantastic Four are trying to, the ultimate Fantastic Four are trying to fight off this horde of superpowered zombies that's coming at them. And in the middle of that battle, they're starting to get overpowered. And suddenly, the person who comes to their aid is none other than Magneto. And Magneto, who is, of course, known as an anti human, pro mutant activist, terrorist, even, he decided on this earth that. In the light of this great threat toward, against life in general, 
he was no longer going to fight humans. And instead, he ended up saving the very last few remaining human beings who were still unbitten. He protected them. He created a lair for them. He kept them alive. He fed them so that the zombies, the superpowered zombies couldn't get to them, which I think is brilliant. I love the fact that that this would be the character that they choose to protect humans, you know, out of all the other superheroes and villains for that matter that they could have selected, they chose Magneto and it's just this poetic irony. I love, I love that part of this story. And so Magneto is, uh, he saves a fantastic four, the ultimate fantastic four takes them back to his lair, introduces them to the humans that have survived. Of course, the ultimate fantastic four having the point of reference of their Magneto, ultimate Magneto from their universe, they're completely appalled, right? They're, they're, they're shocked at the fact that this guy is saving human beings. And once they wrap their heads around that, they team up with them to try to get, use the cross, the interdimensional portal to cross over the surviving humans into the ultimate universe. And then the plan is to destroy the portal. So, they another battle ensues. A really cool moment happens, by the way, where Ultimate Thing, the thing from the Fantastic Four from the Ultimate Universe, he goes uh head to head against the zombified Hulk. Now, again, it's a zombie Hulk, but it's still the Hulk, and these people do retain their power and their strength. So this is a fight that the that the thing has been waiting for forever. And they go at it. And in the end, the thing ends up knocking out the knocking out um Hulk. And he walks away and he turns his back to the, you know, quote unquote camera and he's walking away and he's like, he's like, well, that settles that question. <laughs> so I thought it was a really cool moment. Um, anyway, so then uh, they end up getting the humans through the portal. Magneto helps out the Fantastic Four and then he commits one last, he does one last act of, of sacrifice, of selfless sacrifice. And he tells the ultimate Fantastic Four crossover. I'm going to stay behind and I'm going to wreck this portal so that no zombies can get into your universe, into your world. And of course, by this point, the Fantastic Four, you know, Ultimate Fantastic Four, they're, uh, they don't want him to do this because he's, he's a reformed Magneto, you know? I mean, how great would it have been to get that Magneto over into their world uh, to maybe prove to their Magneto that it was possible for him to turn his way around if he just thought a little bit deeper about the meaning of life. But anyway... What happens, happens. The F ultimate Fantastic Four are safe. The human survivors are safe. And as soon as they cross over, um, Magneto from the zombie universe, he ends up destroying the portal so that the zombies can't get through. And he uh, and that's where the story basically ends in the ultimate Marvel comics. So we don't see what happens after this. And we don't see the, con the, the continuation of the story until the spinoff comic series of Marvel Zombies. And so um, Marvel Zombies, the very first um, issue, was published uh, beginning in December of 2005. And the storyline actually picks up immediately after the events of the Ultimate Fantastic Four introduction to the zombies. Um, it starts off with Magneto destroying the cross-dimensional portal, and the zombies come after him. He manages to escape them. Um, after he escapes them, he learns that uh, Forge, the mutant, and the Acolytes, which is a team of mutants that has always been loyal to Magneto, are actually still alive. And that they're hiding up in Asteroid M, 
which is this, you know, floating base above the earth, basically. And, you know, not outside in outer space, but um, floating above in the sky, right above the surface where the zombies cannot reach them. So he learns that they're there. And as he's trying to get to them, he unfortunately gets attacked by the zombies. They eat him up. So Magneto dies. Uh, sometime later, the Acolytes, they uh, decide to um, come down to search for Magneto. Um, now, actually, before this, Silver Surfer, who is the Herald of Galactus, arrives on this Earth. Now, again, Silver Surfer has no clue what the heck is going on in this Earth. Uh, he arrives to warn the inhabitants of the planet that Galactus is coming and that their doom is pending. And the zombies, of course, see this living creature and they decide to attack him. And they overpower him and they kill him. And they eat the Silver Surfer. And in eating him, the cosmic force that empowers him is kind of spread into them, into the zombies that aid him. And so they start manifesting different powers and different abilities because they have consumed this super powerful being. Um, it's around this time that the Acolytes uh, come down and they try to find Magneto. They come down from Asteroid M, um, but they can't find Magneto because obviously he's dead by this point. Instead, they find Black Panther. Now, this is a dark, <laughs> dark, dark story here. Black Panther is still alive, but he was being kept by the zombie giant man, the zombie version of giant man, Hank Pym. Um, he was being held prisoner and he was slowly being chopped up. Basically kept alive for the purpose of slowly being able to feed off of him. Again, smart zombies. So they find him in this condition. He's like missing an arm and a foot or something like that. And they rescue him and they take him back up to asteroid M. Now, after this, Galactus <laughs> arrives on Earth. And when he gets there, of course, Galactus is a gigantic being, but he actually is an organic being. Like, he's made of flesh and stuff. He's just a giant creature. And when he arrives on Earth, the zombies see a gigantic feast. And so they try to attack the guy. They jump all over him. They try to get him in, in every way possible. But Galactus, being the size that he is and as powerful as he is, he pretty easily swats them out, swats them away, and he overpowers them. Now, what happens is that the zombie versions of Iron Man, Tony Stark, Bruce Banner, who was the Hulk, and uh, Hank Pym, Giant Man, they get together. And again, remember, these are smart zombies, right? So if they were geniuses before becoming zombies, they will become genius zombies. So these three geniuses gather, and they create a, a device that is able to amplify the cosmic energy that they gained from eating even the eating the silver surfer and when they get that cosmic energy boosted they're able to go and weaken galactus enough that between them and the rest of the superpowered zombies they're able to take him down and they feast on galactus then uh what ends up happening then this is where where the story kind of takes it takes a funky turn like a weird turn uh, and they kind of lose me at this point. The The Silver Surfer thing was already kind of, eh, you know, like eating him and then basically gaining cosmic power because they ate him. I guess the whole, that takes the concept of you are what you eat to a whole new level. 
And uh, when they eat Galactus, something similar happens. So they end up getting some of his power. The, the few, the main ones that eat him, that had already eaten Silver Surfer, they end up becoming like different versions of themselves, basically. And they kind of call themselves Galacti. <laughs> and so they gain, they gain his power, including the power to like travel off, off of the Earth cosmically. And that's basically where this thing ends. One of the last things that we see is that five years after all these events, um, Black Panther and the Acolytes, they come down from Asteroid M to see what the heck is happening on Earth. And they basically find the Earth completely desolate. There is nobody on there. And one of the theories is that when these guys ate Galactus, that they could have gained this power. So now this zombie virus could have the risk and the danger of spreading beyond just Earth onto other corners of the galaxy. Now, if you ask me, <laughs> that should have probably been the end of this thing. But instead, of course, continuing to cash in on the whole zombie thing and the uh, popularity and success of the first series, they decide to come out with uh, Marvel Zombies 2. And this was published between October October 2007 and February 2008. It was written by Robert Kirkman. Of course, Robert Kirkman, um, quite famous for uh, writing the uh, comic book The Walking Dead. And uh, they write the, the, this comic book basically takes it in a pretty crazy direction. Um, they, this is like 40 years after leaving Earth, after these Galacti zombies leave Earth, they have gone and basically devoured life throughout their universe, including um, eating people like Thanos and Phoenix and the Shi'ar warrior Gladiator. I mean... They decimated their entire universe and they decide to return back to Earth for the purpose of starting to travel interdimensionally. They basically remember that Reed Richards, zombie Reed Richards, had managed to create that portal, which required some building in the ultimate universe side as well, which ultimate Reed Richards did. And they go back with the mission of traveling um, through to get to that earth, their original plan to get to that earth so that they could have more to feed on. Cause now they completely exhausted, not just the planet earth, but their entire universe. They've now passed, uh, passed around the, the zombie virus. So this is where this thing starts taking a really, really weird turn. I mean, you basically have, um, a lot of, interdimensional travel happening in Marvel Zombies 2, Marvel Zombies 3, which was released on uh, October 2008. There's a Marvel Zombies 4 that was released on April 2009. And there was a Marvel Zombies 5, which was released in October of 2010. So there's a lot of Marvel Zombies that spun off from that original story. And a great deal of them take place in all sorts of interdimensional travel um, there are special task forces that are formed in the other dimensions that the zombies are trying to invade. 
Um, one key player ends up being Morbius, the living vampire. And he um, creates a task force that, you know, carries out several different missions. Howard the Duck ends up joining the task force. I mean, it's, it's a, they basically go through like every single Marvel character available and they either turn him into a zombie or they bring him in to, you know, fight on the side of the living. Um, honestly, it kind of lost me the entire series after Marvel Zombies 2. There is one interesting thing that I think they did in Marvel Zombies 5, which is that uh, they're supposed to travel the task force that um, is formed by Morbius, which is uh, a group called Armor. And again, continuing with the whole shield, sword thing, armor, armored um, means that the acronym means uh, stands for Altered Reality Monitoring and Operational Response Agency. Imagine that. Uh, so their job is to basically um, monitor all, all alternate realities that have been um, negatively affected in some way. And so Morbius gives them a mission to Machine Man and Howard the Duck to go into various realities, um, five different realities to be exact, to take samples of the Marvel, of the zombie virus to try to create a cure, particularly because his friend Jacob Russell has contracted the thing. He's become infected. So he wants to basically get samples from everywhere so he can create one cure that can, that can cure the infected. And in doing so, they travel into various types of zombie infected worlds. And I, I felt this was I felt this was really cool that they basically gave each one of the worlds a, a look and feel similar to a, a different zombie type of movie. So like one of them could be, for example, monsters that look like a Sam Raimi, Evil Dead type of uh, scenario. And then the other one could be more like zombies that followed the uh, George A. Romero template of zombie hordes. And so I, I thought that was kind of cool. You know, that was kind of creative. Um, nice little spin there. But honestly, aside from that and... Um, uh, and a couple of other little details, they kind of lost me at that point. I do think that Marvel Zombies 1 was great. Marvel Zombies 2, you know, continued that story. Um, I love the introduction overall to this whole Marvel Zombie uh, lore, which ended up becoming kind of like a subgenre, you know, because people love it so much. I do think that Marvel Zombies has more life left in it on screen. I think that um, aside from a cartoon, like a rated R cartoon or a rated mature MA cartoon, um, I think that could have a lot of potential. If you create a good movie that is meant for more of a mature audience <clears throat> that um, is able to show the gore and stuff that we usually associate with, with zombie flicks, with zombie content, I think that could be pretty cool. A video game set within the world of Marvel zombies would also be really intense. Like, I mean, it could very easily, if it's made well with like the quality level of Spider-Man PS4 or um, or of this other, um, the Avengers game that's coming up later in 2020, if they, if they dedicate to making it that kind of quality, it could become a zombie game unlike any zombie game that you've ever played. Just because of what I explained earlier, the fact that these zombies are smart, they're super powered. So 
it it takes the whole survival horror thing to a huge level that no other zombie game could really take it because you never had this kind of crossover before. You've never had super-powered zombies like this. So that could be huge potential right there, a game set within the Marvel zombies world. And then, of course, the other thing is creating some kind of live-action adaptation. It uh, Very easily, it could be something that, now that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is starting to explore alternate timelines, you could very, not all, sorry, not alternate timelines, but alternate realities, right? Uh, with the events of Endgame uh, due to time travel, creating, you know, spun off realities of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And uh, with upcoming movies like uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Marvel Zombies universe actually was featured in uh, in, in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I mean, imagine imagine a scene like this. Doctor Strange is caught into some type of jump of looping, jumping across dimensions type of, you know, scenario where he has to go from reality to reality to reality. Maybe there's missions that he has to complete across different kinds of realities. And each reality is a different version of the MCU as we know it. Perhaps one of those realities could be the zombie one. Maybe they get there by mistake. He gets there by mistake and just lands there, looks around, zombies all around him. We see some zombies with key characteristics. We identify that they are zombie versions of some characters, and he dips out of there right away. Even a small cameo like that would be cool because later on, Marvel could very well spin that thing off into its own movie. Again, because it's its own reality, it doesn't have to bleed over into the main continuity of the MCU. It can simply be a standalone film set in this alternate zombie-filled version of the MCU, and it could be a whole lot of fun. Now, it's also been said that there's going to be some kind of loose adaptation of the Marvel zombie thing uh, within the Disney Plus series, the animated series, What If? Marvel What If? The What If, by the way, in case any, in case you guys aren't familiar with it, What If was this series of comics that was released, I think it was back in the 90s, I guess, because I remember seeing that pretty young. And the, the What If comics were all these, like, Elseworld alternate universe type of things, like, you know, what if Mary Jane Watson was the one bitten by a radioactive spider, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, the... The whole idea is going to be adapted into a animated series um, in Disney Plus, and it's going to be set basically within the MCU, right? So, like, what if stories pulling from the MCU storyline and continuity? So, they're not going to be canon or anything like that. They're not going to be tied to the MCU. And apparently, you know, one of those stories is going to be like a 10 episode season. Uh, for the first season, one of those stories is going to be loosely adapting the whole Marvel zombies uh, idea. Now, there was another cool thing that for those of us who have read the Marvel zombie comics immediately stood out during Spider-Man Far From Home in the scene where Mysterio is entrapping spider-man within his whole illusion which is by the way one of the most gorgeous scenes <laughs> in any marvel cinematic uh, universe movie i loved that scene 
And within that scene, it's it's just very mysterious. It, it's very much reminiscent of the comics and games and stuff like that. And within that scene, there's this one moment where um, Mysterio tries to play uh, to tug at Peter Parker's sense of guilt over the death of uh, of Tony Stark. And we see, I think it's like the grave of Tony Stark. And then suddenly we see Iron Man crawling out of the grave. And it's a zombie version of Iron Man that looks very, very much like the zombie version of Iron Man that we've seen in the pages of the Marvel Zombies comics. So that immediately stood out to me when I saw it. I felt like I had nobody to talk to because Joshua, I don't think he knew at that point about the Marvel Zombies comics. Um nor did my daughter Gianna, whom I watched it with. So I was like, oh, oh, who do I tell? Who do I tell? These are the problems that us geeks have when we see something that uh, uh, stands out to us. So anyway, uh, it's been, it's in the periphery because people know about it. You know, comic book fans love Marvel Zombies. It's kind of like a guilty pleasure, even if it's not something that uh, they would ever have replaced the main continuity, obviously. A spin-off movie would be incredible, or a spin-off show or something like that would be awesome. Um, I I would be surprised if we don't see that happen in our lifetime. So um I think that does it for today's episode. Marvel Zombies, ladies and gentlemen, zombies done in a way that we've never seen before. Yes, it's mainly lived only in comics for now. But I definitely have a strong suspicion that we're going to see that thing come to life at some point in the near future. It's too cool, too popular to not do it, to not bring it to life. And I can't wait to see it when it eventually does. So having said all that, um, have you read Marvel Zombies? Have you gotten into it? What do you think of it? Does the story appeal to you? Um, if you've never heard of Marvel Zombies before, this is your first time hearing about it. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. You know, tell me what you think. It's definitely a pretty original take on zombies. So if it's your first time hearing, I'd, I'd love to get your gut reaction to it. Write us at g101podcast at gmail.com. You can also hit us up, slide into our DMs in uh, Twitter and Instagram at g101podcast. If you love this thing, do us a favor, me and Joshua, um, write us a review. Tell us what you like about the show on whatever podcast app it is that you listen on. Um, also, leave us a rating, hopefully a five-star rating, if you do love the content that we're putting out. And if you do love the show, please share it with a friend. Spread the word. There's plenty of geeky friends out there that you probably know. Share the podcast with them. Let them know about it. We'd love the audience to continue to grow. And for those of you who have been listening faithfully in the U.S., outside the U.S., uh, the audience keeps on growing, and we are so, so grateful, guys. Thank you so much for dedicating a few minutes of your day, of your commute, whenever it is that you happen to listen, uh, to join these cool conversations with us. We legitimately are grateful for it. Thank you guys so much for joining us today, and I'll catch you on the next Geekology 101. Peace. Hey guys, thanks again for listening to today's episode. Um, I just wanted to remind you guys really quickly that all these different audiobooks that we're mentioning 
throughout the Brains series. Uh, books like Arisen, which again is like 15 uh, books deep. Um, uh, World War Z by Max Brooks. A whole bunch of classic zombie stories. For instance, uh, George Romero's Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead. There are so many zombie stories that are available for listening in audiobook form through Audible. And if you're into zombies and you haven't experienced the audiobook storytelling form of the zombie lore, I really, really highly recommend it. I've listened to several of them already, several that I've included already in this Brains series, and uh, I definitely stand by them. So if you're interested in giving Audible a try, you can help the show out while also getting your first month free by visiting audibletrial.com slash G101. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash G101. You'll get your first month free. You'll help the show in the process. And Joshua and I will be forever grateful to you. Even when we're undead zombies, we will still be grateful for you because you help the show stay alive. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy your first book free. Peace.